So, Adam, you've never been to Rome. I know. I keep telling you, you have to drop what you're doing and go. Dude, it's on my bucket list. It's on the bucket list. I know, man. Look, you've got St. Peter's Basilica. You've got Assisi, which is just a day trip away. I mean, the whole faith is just right there. Around every single corner in Rome is another church that will just blow your mind. I know. So if you're like me, you want to go to Rome, but you don't know where to begin, check out our show notes. There's a banner that says Select International Tours. Click that banner. They know how to turn your bucket list into reality. They've been doing this for over 30 years, so they know what they're doing. Check it out. That's Select International Tours. Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have up your game. You know what, guys? I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning: the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting to my right is my best bud, David Niles. To my left is my new best bud, Dave Manvickle. And to my direct uh, front is a bunch of our friends. All of our best friends. All of our best friends yeah. from heaven. It's epic. We have a bunch of relics in front of us today that brought. Brought to you by Dave Van Vickle. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today yeah, and bringing I'm a bunch of our here. friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be here. Uh, give a couple, like, what do we got in front of us here? So we have a couple uh, relics of the Passion. We have a piece of the cross and a piece of the crown of thorns. We have a couple Marian relics, which a lot of people don't even know exists. A piece of her veil and a piece of the, her belt. And then we've got a few saints here. Uh, one of note, Mother Teresa of Calcutta is my favorite right there, and Blessed Bartolo Longo. So there's there's a few there you might recognize. It's epic. Yeah. I, I, is this, this is a first, Dave, right? Yes. For relics on the show? Yes. <laughs> totally. Yes. Totally. First first on the Catholic Man Show. So, Dave, we had uh, we had a great talk last night that you gave uh, to St. Anne's over, I don't know, maybe 250, 300 people. Yeah, I don't know how it many. Was, I think it was close to 300. Yeah. It was, it was, there. It was, yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. And you, you knocked it out of the park. Good. So yeah. if anybody is looking for an excellent speaker awesome. to come, just really like destroy the minds of all of your audience <laughs> in the best way. Yeah, not destroy, but just, it's like, forget blowing their minds. It's like, <laughs> Good. they yeah. might just be totally obliterated. <laughs> yeah, but go check them out, uh, Dave Van Vickle. And it's a sinnersguide.com. Yeah, the sinnersguide.com is where my calendar is. So come see me. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Uh, and we also were able to record the the talk, and I think we'll be able to put it up for our patrons, correct? Of course, yeah. Um, so if you're a Patreon member, we'll be able to you'll be able to get that talk here pretty soon as well. So, um, Dave, any other introduction that we need to do before we can we can we like get into the topic, or what do you want to do? Well, let's let's just mention what we're drinking. Okay. That, to, to, we need a Tradition. stand on ceremony yes. at least for a minute. I agree. I agree. I'm having an espresso. Me too. And you're having a latte. A, a latte, but now I feel weird because <laughs> you guys are having like real manly. Uh, no, I would be doing that too, but I'm lactose intolerant. So <laughs> I had one already this morning. So yeah, sure, sure. I did. Make me feel Haley, Haley made me a latte this morning. I'm just not manly. The milk is just too much for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, typically what we do on the on the Catholic Man Show is we we open and review a, a beverage. We highlight some kind of gear that that men like and want and desire. Why it, why it may be virtuous, why it may be a manly thing, and then we 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 t- uh, jump into a topic. We've talked about relics before on the show, but we could at yeah. least just mention since you know they're here before us, uh, Dave. What, can you just give us a brief rundown of what relics are? Sure. The mechanics behind them. What are the rules? <laughs> the mechanics. You know, we're ca- we're Catholic, okay? Right. Like there are rules, okay? Right. right. Yeah. So, uh, so interestingly enough, right? It's it's like one of those thoroughly Catholic things that we don't we don't really talk about very often anymore. In fact, most most parishes now. They have relics, but no one knows that they're there. Right. A lot of times they're stuck back in a sacristy. I mean, or They all do, in theory, right? The, the altars were supposed to all have a relic stone. Now, that doesn't not necessarily ring true for everybody. But, okay. um, but yeah, they were all supposed to have a, a relic um, in the altar. Um, and that comes from uh, relics started because of uh, when, when Christianity was illegal, right? They were celebrating mass in the catacombs where the martyrs were buried, and they would literally set up an altar over their bones, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then when, when Christianity became legal, they thought, well, it's fitting, right, that we have celebrating the Mass over the bones of the martyrs, right? The, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, right? And so um, they brought those relics up, right? And, and then that became kind of a, a very Catholic thing to do. Um, but really, relics are kind of linked to, at least in my mind, to Eden, right? That uh, it's like the power of death has no hold on them anymore, right? Even through mm. their bones, right? God communicates life to us. Yeah. And so um, most of the time they're um, a piece of bone. The older relics um, might be pieces of uh, organ or something like that. The newer relics are usually just um, blood or hair or something that uh, normally comes out. They don't dissect the bodies anymore like they used to. Why? Why not? I don't know why, but um, it had to do with something about respecting the body. Um, Okay. So like I think with like um, Pope John Paul, I think it's mostly just like blood and hair. And those would be first class relics. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a second class relic would be something that they owned, and then a third class relic would be something touched to one of those things, right? So even if it's a second class relic, if you touch something yeah. to a second class relic, yeah. it still makes right. a third class and, relic. And, and in fact, um, I I was confused about this, but I heard the other day that even a third class relic uh, can associate another relic. So oh, I did not. Yeah, I did not know that. Did not right. Know so that. so is, I mean, nobody knows. Is there about a, this stuff. a like a hierarchy of efficacy? When it comes to that, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly. I know that, um, you know, it's like when it comes to using them in spiritual warfare, it usually has to do with the fact that like, you know, this saint had some kind of relationship to the demonic or something, right. That they, he, he beat them or something like that. Right. And so they kind of respond in that way. So right. let's say John Biani, right. Or, yeah, or, or Padre Pio. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's common. It's like, it's almost like watching two rivals, mm-hmm. you know? And the one rivals just never ever won. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is one of those things I think Protest really weirds out Protestants, right? But there's Old Testament 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's in the it's in the Old Testament when they right. throw that dead guy on a Eli- the bones of Elijah. Right, right, and he comes back right. to life. I mean, mm-hmm. right. There's well, always there's just that's even Saint part Paul, of a, right? right with the, with the, the handkerchief. handkerchief. Yeah, handkerchief yeah. with Saint Paul. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they were just trying to get in their shadow, even not even like something, right. uh, you know that they own or anything like that but just like if i just can get into their right. shadow yeah, right. i'm so holy my shadow's a sacramental right <laughs> yeah yeah and even i mean the the entirety of the old testament like god uses objects to communicate grace right like right. moses staff and, yeah you know, yeah the, the serpent and things like that so it, it shouldn't be too yeah. much of a stretch the ark. But, but it is right yeah, yeah right exactly yeah. isn't it weird whenever in the bible when it says that, that lady the lady touched jesus's tassel that, right. that jesus Felt some kind, right. of, felt something uh, power him. flow out yeah. of him. Yeah, and it's like, right. what was that? that I know that would be so. That is so crazy. I know. Like he, you know, he's still hu- he's fully human, fully divine, divine. Yeah, but yet he still felt, yeah. you know, this power coming out That's of him. That's the part a- that I get tripped up on. It's like you felt the power go out of you, and you're omniscient. You know, what, <laughs> like you know, you knew before you got here this was gonna happen. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and you're still like, hey, who was that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> really, Jesus? Right, yeah, right, right, right. I could find out, but like, you know all the hairs on it, my head, but you don't know it, who. It was. It's gonna yeah. take me like right. thirty minutes. Right, right. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of people here. I'll do it if you want, but <laughs> like, really? But wait, isn't that crazy? Wouldn't that? Like, I know. I think about it all the time. Man, it's like one of my favorite stories. And you should. I. I. I mean, the idea. Like, if I think if I could go back in time, that would be one of the ones that I'd want to be. At, know, that, at that scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just such, so, such an incredible thing. I think my wife is really what kind of, she loves it, and she talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And when she talks about it, I'm like, oh, man, I never thought about that, you know? And and now it's like, it's just, you know, such a deep mystery, you know, that poor woman. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like very Jedi Knight. It is. You know? Yeah. Well, it's amazing that God can use whatever he wants of his creation. Right to bring up the glory of God, you know, the kingdom of God, you know, however he wants to do it, he can, he can do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful. Um, it's almost like, um, people were just longing for the relics, even though, even though they didn't know about them. Right. And it's like, I've, I've watched like so many beautiful encounters, uh, with people and, uh, I, I sometimes will bring them to high schools and stuff like that. And, um, it's amazing to see these high schoolers just respond like, you know, getting on their knees and, and, and just experiencing them. And, and they'll say things like, I, I think I just felt something, you know, and it's like, you know, and I encourage it like, yeah, of course you did. You know, mm-hmm. you know this is this is beautiful, you know. So is there a rule, a rule of thumb about if you're going to, you know, you have these relics here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what should you be pressing to them? What should you be? What was associating? Yeah, I guess so. I think I just made that word up. Though. Okay, well, you know, you, you know, touch something to the relic. You make a third-class relic of your own. Right. Because this is a, a beautiful practice. You should do it if you have the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, if you have a rosary, right. do that. I, I do my scapular, right. uh, my miraculous medal, um, right. and I just did my, my wedding ring. Um, is there anything that's like, is there a rule, though, like, don't do your, if you're not going to treat the object. Right. So that's what I always sacredly, you know. Right. So I always tell people make sure it's something that you know you're not just going to throw away, you know, because mm-hmm. this is real now, you know. And I also I usually tell people not to use anything profane, you know. So they might use like a slip of paper if they have nothing else, but I want to I I wouldn't want it to be like a slip of paper from something profane, you know. Right. <laughs> something yeah. Something like that. So so I, I yeah I mean I don't I don't I'm not I am certainly not an expert on relics, um, but I you know have. Um, you know, asked enough questions of experts, you know, sure, to know a yeah. little bit about it. So, okay, awesome. 
Well, we're about to hit a break, but when we get back, uh, we'll, we'll jump into maybe spiritual warfare. Cool. Uh, what What is spiritual warfare? Right. Uh, I think a, a, the devil's done a really good job of uh, convincing men that they're not even in a war. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which, if right. you're not if you're not playing the game, if you don't know you're playing the game, you, right. you can't win. You're in trouble. Yeah. Right. So or, yeah, or to stay away from it because it might put you in harm's way if you enter the battle, right. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll jump into that, and then we'll talk about you know. Uh, ways that that dads can uh take their authority and spiritual authority to the family and and protect them and all sorts of fun stuff so we're here with dave van vickle we'll be right back Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Dave Van Vickle. No idea what nationality Van Vickle is. It's Dutch. Wales? Dutch. Oh, Do you know what? Somebody at the talk last night had the last name Van Vickle. No kidding. She said she was a, I was the first person she ever met with the same last name. Dutch. Yeah, it's Dutch. Nice. Yeah, I don't really know anything about it other than that. Okay. Because <laughs> I was thinking it's like not quite German. Right. Dutch. Dutch, yeah. There you go. All right. Nice. So uh, you are from Pittsburgh, right? You're here. He's from Dallas. He's born in, or okay. born in Dallas, right? Grew up in Dallas. You came Grew here from Dallas. Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I've been in Pittsburgh for nine years. How is Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's awesome. Is but, it? Uh, the roads I, are, I don't, I are don't terrible. Like snow. Yeah, right. the roads are terrible. There's not a straight road in Pittsburgh. You're going like to uh, get from one mile. It's down. straight. It's yeah. like it's like this right here. You're you're wiggling all around. Really? The, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I think the steepest road in the country might be there. I think some. I just read that the other day. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All I remember I like when, a I was challenge, in, when I was you know? in P- Pittsburgh, like I went underneath this bridge and then it went straight up the road and on the very top was like a Catholic church, like at the very top. And a sharp turn. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was St. Ma- I don't know. I don't I can't remember what Catholic church it was, but it was yeah. a I just bridge, did. huge steep, uh, right on right on the top, Catholic I feel like church. Pittsburgh is just it, it does the the name doesn't make me want to visit there. I don't. No, but it's it's awesome. You you okay. would love it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, there's a pretty it's, strong it's, Catholic group there too. The pit, yeah, oh, yeah. community. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, and there's a lot of like young, awesome priests there and everything. And there's a lot happening there now. Sweet. Um, yeah, so it's great. Yeah, Pittsburgh's great. Got to be praised. Okay, so we want to talk about spiritual warfare. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it's a manly topic because sure. it involves war. Yeah, right. But it's not just for women. It's for every. It's like or if you for men, if you want to go to well. Is that, yes, yes, thank you. Yes, it's also for women, not just for men. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not just for women. It's it's for anybody who wants to go to heaven. Is kind of yes uh, the way right. the way I think way about it. it. Yeah. So, what is basic level? You know, I always like to define our terms in the beginning. Right. What is spiritual warfare? Right. Right. So, spiritual warfare is that classically speaking, right? What the church would say is that battle that we wage between the world, the flesh, and the devil, and us. Right, in order to participate in the victory of Jesus Christ that He gives to His church, right? Mm-hmm. So that so that's like the classical definition, but played out more. Um, I don't know. I guess personally, right? What you see is that um, because of the fall, right? Satan gains some some dominion over creation, right? And um, he claims everything he can, right? So you see this happen where as uh, soon as the fall happens, right? When sin enters the world. Then if we fast forward 2,000 years, 
uh, to when Jesus is rushed out into the desert, what does Satan say to Jesus? He offers him not just one kingdom of the world, not just a few people. He offers him all the kingdoms of the world, right? So you see this um, kind of encroachment of the kingdom of darkness uh, into taking everything they can, right? And that he has claim over all these things. And then Christ comes back to reclaim what is his, rightfully his. And he does reclaim and that battle ensues. And we play kind of a role in like the mop-up battle in a Mm -hmm. sense, right? Because the victory is won definitively on the cross, and then that victory is given to his church and is communicated to us through the church. Yeah, I, I like the way you put it in your talk last night that in a lot of spiritual warfare, you're making a claim right. on another person. You know, you, I think you were talking specifically in the rite of exorcism when you said that, but it made me think of baptism, right. you know, and there are uh, exorcisms in the, uh, in the baptism, sacrament of baptism. Right. Um, different kind of exorcism but right. um minor is what we call it yeah okay yeah but you're still making the, i claim you for 100%. christ Absolutely. you know it's because it has to be done right and that's the only catholic well it, you know it's it's frustrating because exorcism has now been understood as like a like a fringe part of the catholic church but what you just said is exactly how you should understand it right the church has the power and the right to claim individuals for christ into herself mm-hmm. And exorcism would be a tool to defend that claim, uh, and 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 that's how we should see it. And in, in the entirety of the church, not just the baptism ritual, everything about the church has claim written into it. Right, that I'm taking this person mm-hmm. into me uh, to present to Christ. Right. Yeah, and there's something very uh, Christ-like in that. You're not claiming yourself. Uh, some we are, like the church is coming to your rescue. Right. She is claiming you and pulling you out of your sin because you can't do right. it yourself. Right. You know, Christ was the one who won the victory. It's his he's the he's the author behind right. and the motivator behind everybody's salvation. Right. And so uh, I just really love that. You know, some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, they think oh, it should be something that a decision you make you know, sure. who may argue against it's infant all baptism. Based on personal faith. It's all right. Yeah, but that's just that's still kind of a prideful Oh, sure. Uh, stance that. that, like, oh, I saved myself. It was my decision. You know, it's like... You're look, just cooperating with what Christ right. has already given you. Like, right. you're still not doing that. Christ, he comes to your rescue. Right. And that, I mean, we see, you, you guys know, we see that in the Catholic way, where like the work your way to heaven, kind, mm-hmm. of, a, kind of an understanding. It's, just, it's the same thing, you know. Sure. And But yeah, it, it is, uh, it's interesting because it you cannot separate, I mean, that's the thoroughly Catholic way to understand spiritual warfare. You can't separate the church from it. Right. Christ establishes a kingdom and the kingdom, right, is the rival kingdom to the kingdom of darkness. And so uh, you can't separate those. And so the church, it plays a major role. It's not just our personal faith that saves us from the world of darkness. Mm -hmm. The church plays a role, you know, and that means that priesthood is important. Confession is important. Sacraments are important. Right, All these things are very important. One of the things you said last night that I really loved on your talk, you're talking about like you ask the question, you you get asked all, all the time, what can I do to help? Right. And you said the two things that we need to t- we need to focus on is evangelization and right. and the pro life movement. Right. right. Um, you know, and I, I thought, well, that makes sense because evangelizing, if you're evangelizing everybody else, you know, you're growing the body of Christ, you're growing the kingdom. Right. Which I, I don't know. I just never really thought about okay, how can I help an exorcist or how can I help in right. spiritual warfare? The first thing that comes to mind isn't in evangelization. my mind evangelization. Of course, right. 
but it's a super aggressive act. So, you know, like the fancy buzzword for Catholic evangelists now is the charisma, right? Which is a proclamation, but a charisma is a proclamation of a battle being won, right? I mean, originally in the ancient world, that's why you would hear a charisma proclaimed, right? A good news because the emperor was telling everybody, Hey, I, I got another place for us. I got another kingdom for us. So it's a, it's a very aggressive act. And in fact, it's one of the easiest ways to tell if someone is struggling with these extraordinary attachments to evil is to just kind of proclaim to them the charisma and see what the response is because uh, demons hate it, right? Yeah. Uh, totally. So why why the pro-life movement? Evangelization, right. I understand, pro-life movement. Yeah, that's movement. a good question. Right, yeah. So, um, and, and I say this often, right, that um, the, the devil loves blood, death, right? That the devil deals in death. That's what he, he, in the end, he always wants to be worshipped. And in the end of that worship, he wants to be worshipped with human sacrifice. And so in some places it's codified in religion, right? Like you see that in the Aztec world um, before Our Lady of Guadalupe destroyed the evil kingdom, right? Um, but in today's society, you see it in a sec- in a, a forced secularism, right? Um, where, uh, I mean, clearly Planned Parenthood is probably the most evil organization that has ever existed, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, whether we are doing it to worship Satan or not, this is all part of his plan, right? He wants blood. He wants... And death. innocent blood. Right. You know, exactly. it's innocent blood. Exactly. And it's a clear... I mean, there's no question. It's a clear mockery of the cross, right? An innocent person gave his life. And so in this case, um, we're taking an innocent person's life for some sort of freedom, you know? Right. So So would you say that the attitude of resignation is, you know, does that underline all of spiritual warfare? Just that I totally resign myself to the will of, of, of Jesus Christ? So that it is very clear in the lives of the saints that that is the secret, right, to everything, right? That um, I, I, my, my kind of obsession is female mystics, which is funny because I'm on the Catholic Man Show, but is female mystics and their I'm, relationships I actually, to the devil. I'm the same way. Okay. Yeah. So uh, female, when you study the female mystics and their relationship to the devil, it's like watching spiritual warfare from like, it's like studying boxing from Mike Tyson, right? Oh, like this is the way boxing was supposed to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, so it's very clear. They're right? so receptive. They are yeah. a hunt, right? Ex- exactly, right? They're receptive, and so that is exactly what the devil is going to try and destroy, right? That receptivity, and um, what you'll see is just you know the idea that resigning yourself to God's will, regardless of what happens to you. I mean, that's the that's the trick. You know, you might still get pummeled, right? And and I think that that's where people kind of mm-hmm. get off the bus, right? But yep, picking up the cross and following him exactly. is not 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 fun. No, it's not. It's not a fun thing. And I think people think. Okay, well, I'll resign myself to God's will, and then everything good's going to happen. Right? No, that's yeah. not necessarily not, true. This is not health and wealth. Is, right. Yeah. What you know is that resigning yourself to God's will will keep you safe, right, uh-huh. for eternity. Um, and that's uh, that's the underlying secret. Um, and a personal faith does. I mean, that's what we mean when we say a personal faith fights the devil. Right? We're talking about a daily lived, um, you know, response to the gospel where we are continually subjecting every second even to mm-hmm. God's grace and knowing that we can't live the next second without God's grace. You know, you just said, keep you safe. And that makes me think in uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the the siblings ask the beaver about Aslan. I love that part. That's my favorite he says, part. Is he safe? Because he's a lion. And the beaver says, safe. safe. Who said anything of about safe? Of course he's not safe, right. but he's good. Yeah. Yeah, I have a T-shirt that I sell that has that quote on it. Oh, I really? Love it. Yeah, Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, yeah. And so it's like 
that's you know many times Christ calls especially certain individuals to a life of what might outwardly look like uh, incredible suffering and right. it, it maybe is a life of incredible suffering but there is a reward for that individual in that suffering of joy and peace um, I mean there are victim souls right. throughout history who have been called to bear the cross of even possession. Oh yeah, right. And Holy so demoniacs, right? people people might think that oh if I give my life I'll be safe from possession. It's no. like, well, you'll be safe and perfectly where God wants you to be and that that is really the most important thing. Right. In right. fact, a lot of the saints even said like when they stopped suffering, they didn't like it because they didn't have anything to offer right. uh, offer Christ, That's which right. is Like, that is next level. Hashtag hashtag Mother Angelica. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking about spiritual warfare today with Dan Van Bickle, a sinner's guide.com, or is it the sinner's guide? Is it a yeah, sinner's? The sinner's guide. The yeah. sinner's guide.com is where you want to go. Book him for your next. The Lenten missions are coming up. You'd, yeah. Are you Come booked? see me. I'm, I'm booked. Yeah. Yeah. Lent, I bet you're Lent booked. is rough. Yeah. yeah. But uh, summertime would be good. Yeah. Fall. Whenever. October. That's when everybody books. I book I book every single night of October. Isn't that oh, funny? that's because of uh, Halloween. Yeah. And All Saints Day. Right. So a lady came up to me yesterday, said, when she was a little girl, uh, the priest had a, a beautiful reliquary, all, all these relics, and on Halloween they would do a procession with the relics. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's is cool. that's a great idea. That's what I said. Right. That is the best idea. Right. That's what you should be doing right. on it's an Halloween. Alteration of the gospel. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so, if you are at a parish that has a reliquary, ask. Uh, ask your ask your pastor. Ask now, because if you ask. A week before Halloween, it won't happen. Ain't gonna happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. But uh, that'd be epic. Put it in his mind now. Uh, Sacred Heart in Miami mm-hmm. has an incredible they do. reliquary. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys know. In Pittsburgh, we have this place called St. Anthony's Chapel, okay. and it has the most relics outside of the Vatican. Wow! No it, kidding. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Pittsburgh not too long ago. Are you close to Allentown? No, not really. Okay. Not really. Okay. I'm there all the time because I work with um, Dirty Vagabond Missions. And um, they, oh, sorry. Now they're just called Vagabond Missions. And okay. I'll get in trouble for that. Um, and they, they have a place in, in Allentown. So Okay. Right. All right. Okay. okay. So we're talking about spiritual warfare today. Uh, one of the, you know, it's interesting because everybody jumps to exorcisms whenever we talk about spiritual yeah. warfare. Like, that's like the go-to. but. What people don't understand is it's very hard for any kind of uh, manipulation from the devil if you're living a sacramental life. You know, last Mm. night you were talking about, um, you know, one of your main goals in exorcisms is to make sure they get to confession, to try to get them back into a sacramental, a prayer life, a, 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 a life within, like, to be able to receive Christ's graces again. Right. Um, so I think a lot of times people, like, throw this idea of exorcisms way up here. Oh, yeah. Right. Instead of, like, no, 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 no. Sa- you know, the, the sacraments that Christ gave the church to institute, like, you know, confession's where it's at. Right, yeah. It, because it's it's the difference between a sacramental and a sacrament, right? Right. A sacrament, it is Christ, right? Is Christ he communicating himself to us from himself, right? A sacramental is kind of like using that mediation in a sense, right? And it's and the power comes from the blessing of the church. 
Um, so if you can't, you could not add up enough exorcisms to equal a confession, right? It's not possible to do that. You couldn't have a million exorcisms and say that equals one confession, right? Um, because God is infinite and gives Himself to us in the sacraments. So uh, that that is, it's one of the very first goals that we do, and it it's also the remedy to not ever having issues like mm-hmm. with the demonic attachments, right? Yeah. Is that living a rigorous sacramental life, and in, in particular. If you understand that what what Satan is always trying to do is push us into the fall, right? Then what we're trying to do is get back to Eden, right? And so, like in the fall, right, when they hide themselves because of their nakedness, right? What do we do in confession? We expose ourselves, right, in, in an awkward sense, right? But yeah. we expose ourselves, right, and we are are going back to Eden in a sense to to that original intimacy with God. And Satan has he has a very difficult time dealing with people who are regularly subjecting themselves to the sacraments. Yeah, because Satan and the demons, they would just destroy us if right. if the, if Christ didn't prevent them. Right. I mean, the only reason they don't just come kill all of us immediately is because Christ stands between us. So right. the state of grace and remaining in a state of grace is is the number one right. spiritual warfare thing that you can do. Right. I mean, I think people often they ooh, spiritual warfare, you know, it's like, yeah, say the like get ooh if you can get this old prayer yeah. because this prayer is so old always, you know it's always, like it's more always. powerful or something or uh, it's like no just you know just be holy right and get your and make your family holy yeah live a life of virtue right. practice your you know live right. out your vocation right yeah and you know I said that last night about you know evangelizing and, and doing pro life work fighting the devil but for God's sakes have a bunch of children right that and teach them that to live a life of holiness that is going to conquer evil more yeah. than anything you know I, yeah. satan satan hates families and in and in a lot of ways like family is the remedy to a satanic isolation right um in the gospels when jesus encounters the garrison demoniac right remember when he heals him the garrison demoniac wants to go with jesus and yeah. what does jesus say no 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 go back to your family yeah right? i mean it's it's a beautiful little uh, you know expose on on what the family is with regards to um satan right and with regards to the spiritual battle it's it's important right it's mm-hmm. important so as men we're we have the office of, of fatherhood right so maybe give us a, a couple tips that you think to be where we can exercise our office for our wife and for our children sure Sure. So the first thing is in, in your teaching office, right? That you, your children and your wife need to uh, need to be taught, right? That um, hopefully your wife understands this already, but your children need to be taught that first of all, God is not angry at them, <laughs> right? And that's a big thing, right? For the devil, the devil, the very first step he's always going to take in drawing someone away from God is to mess up the way they think God sees them. Um, and so they're going to start to push him away from God's mercy, thinking that, well, my sin's too great for his mercy, or right. he's angry at yeah. me. So if you can teach them that, then teaching them about baptism, it is very rare that someone would be severely attacked by the devil if they understand baptism, right? Because, um, And in fact, in a lot of cases where someone is authentically attached to evil, like in an extraordinary way, I'll say, do you know, do, were you baptized? And they'll say, yeah, but then I did it like a ceremony when I was 14 and I unbaptized myself. And I'll say, well, I don't think anyone told you about baptism because mm-hmm. it's not a contract. Because you it's can't not, do that. Right, you can't unbaptize yourself. It's a covenant right. and it's not possible. And literally, I can honestly say that oftentimes that's enough for them to be healed. Just that, Just that, na- knowledge. that firm knowledge. Right, truth is the first exorcism. You know, uh-huh. So teaching your children that, but then also operating in your priestly role, right, uh, as father of the house, right, 
blessing your children and blessing your wife is a, is a firm, firm way to protect them from evil. Um, and we see this all the time. It's, it, it's funny. Um, sometimes you'll um, see an exorcist bless a demoniac and nothing will happen. And you'll see that exorcist bless the father of the demoniac and they go crazy. Right? Really? Because when fathers are engaged right in the battle, there's the big problems happen, right? Big problems happen. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's, it's very and their mother as well, but but especially the father, they they'll go crazy because they know if that father engages, their their time is because it's do, all about authority, right? And right. does that do you know? Does that happen more if it's like a generational thing? Like, is um, that more likely to? Well, well it w- it wouldn't necessarily have to be that way. Okay, no, it could it could certainly be an issue, but um, it certainly wouldn't have to be that way. If a in fact, if a father's engaged in the faith and the family. The devil is gonna have a hard time with that family, you know. Totally, the father's engaged in the faith, just because of the fact that right, he has that spiritual authority over his family, and so you'll you'll see that it's 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 a pretty common thing. I don't know if anyone else has noticed it, but I've clearly noticed that you know you can see a big reaction when they go after their their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, as the father, you are the initiator of the right. gift. Right. You know, you are the primary source of life in right. the house, and so it's you fulfill a, an important role right and the the natural and the supernatural are are linked right you know if we have a natural role that natural role spills over into our supernatural role sure sure i and i think um going back to what you said about the state of grace you know i i would like encourage dads to think about what it would be like if they had some kind of disability like you you know all these soldiers were come back from iraq and they have some kind of disability and it's difficult for them to care for their family Mm mm-hmm Think about that as, as, as the state of grace, right? Like if you're not in the state of grace, in a certain sense, you have a spiritual disability mm. to care for your family, even though you don't see it, right? right. And so um, it, it's a, it is, it's a big problem here because, um, you know, especially with pornography and these kinds of things that are secret sins that you don't think are hurting anyone, spiritually, it's kind of um, folding up the umbrella and letting, you know, come what may, you know, yeah. in a certain sense. Yeah, yeah, you're no longer standing in the way between them, just like Christ stands in the way between us and the demonic, we stand in the way between the demonic and them in as much as our office authorizes us to. I mean, it's still Christ, ultimately, who does everything. Right. But he uses us for that role. Right. And I think that um, there's no issue with that, right? Because um, Catholics don't understand mediators as a hurdle. We understand right. them as a way, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a pointing the way. And so the father is, in a sense, a mediator. And so um, that, that's why it's really important. And I want to stress also that focusing on defense is a, is a bad, bad strategy. You know, right. get your family engaged. That's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like my my kids know a little bit. I mean, they don't know what exorcism is, but they know a little bit about, you know, like dad's fighting the devil or something like that. Right. And I'll say to them, like, well, when we go to Planned Parenthood to pray, that's when we're really fighting the devil. I want them to engage in the battle. And I'll say to my kids, like, if, they, if they're if they afraid or something like that, I'll always say, no, the devil's afraid of you. Don't mm-hmm. you worry. When you wake up in the morning, you tell the devil you got five seconds and I'm coming after you, Yeah, if you, you right? can see the guardian angel standing behind right. you. Yeah, right. right. You'd don't be just worry. fine. Don't yeah. worry. Right, exactly. He's terrifying. Yeah. Jude yeah. the other day said, Dad, I want to punch the devil in the face. And then he started saying the Hail Mary. Yeah, that's and I was awesome. like, I'm not sure how you learned that. Like, I thought it may, you may have said you may have said something to him or something, but no. I wasn't sure how he, like what he said, like how he got that. But anyway, yeah. you just said something. Oh, we're we're getting closer to the time, but 
I do want to talk about the importance of uh, developing a relationship with your guardian angel and yeah, how sure. they can, how they can help with with its spiritual right. warfare because that's such a gift that Christ gave all of us. Everyone has them, right? And we and, don't talk about it, anymore. and we don't talk about yeah, it enough. Yeah, we don't talk about Our it. buddy Juan, if he was here, he would be like coming out of his seat because right, he's such he went to Opus Dei. Yeah, yeah and right. he's such yeah. a yeah. such a big fan of you know developing and cultivating the relationship with your he guardian angel, that, like. Yeah, Thumbs Excite, slapping yeah, thing, thing that he does. When he gets excited. I can't do that. I know. But but, but yeah, I, I think that that's an important role that a lot of people don't. You know, when you pray the, uh, you know, the guardian angel, my angel guide, my guardian dear, you know, sometimes it feels like it's such a kid prayer. Right, right. You know, it's like. Right. Yeah, there's I, an adult way to have that relationship. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when we get back, let's talk about that and then whatever else Dave okay. and, and Dave wants to talk about. We're so, on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. This is David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Dave Van Bickle. Dave is a permanent fixture on the podcast, Every Knee Shall Bow. Yeah. You do with Gormley. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great so far. We talk about evangelization and discipleship and really whatever else, you know, involves, is involved in that. But it's been great. And uh, Between the two of you, who's holier? Uh, I'm definitely holier. Yeah. He's that's what I smart. thought. Yeah. <laughs> He's more intelligent for sure. Okay. Than anyone. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a humble response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. In the, no, in the no, most, I didn't even have to blink an eye. No, no. Definitely I mean, it's like, look, it's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not very holy. I mean, <laughs> so many, just a lot of it, which just wasn't that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty low. That it's a low bar, you know. <laughs> uh, so before the break, we were talking about importance of guardian, uh, guardian angels. angels. Yeah. 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 And, and, it, and it's true what you said. I was thinking about that, that. It kind of is a kiddie thing, unfortunately. People people think that, you know, but there is a, a, a mature way to have a relationship with your guardian angel. You know, the rule is basically the, the holier are holier you are, the more your angels able to interact with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know that they protect, guide, govern, you know, different things that they can do. But cultivating a relationship um through prayer, right? Devotions to the guardian angels is 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 an easy way to kind of start that journey. And then to ask them for what would be appropriate to ask them for, right? To help you pray better, to help you uh, recognize when when temptation's coming, to help you recognize when you're a little bit more tired and maybe can't resist temptation. Those are e- excellent ways to like kind of grow that relationship in an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Uh, an inappropriate way would be naming them. We know we can't I was going to ask you yeah, that. Yeah, no, you can't name. Don't name angel, them, right? Yeah, which is funny that why um, why, why not. Because it, uh, I guess naming um, expresses some kind of dominion over them. Yeah, authority. You're, you're yeah. taking authority over right. them, and you right. don't have authority. Over no, them. no, 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 no. Certainly not. But, um, but also, uh, there there are a lot of new age movements that like um, talk about guardian angels as well. It's kind of the Vogue thing in new age guardian angels. In case no you're no kidding, yeah. 
but they I can't um, keep up with right the new course. age. No, yeah. right. Don't worry, I'll do it. Don't worry. It's just yeah, like right. always, like, right? Just new. going crazier, yeah, and crazier, right. right? Right? Yeah. The um, but it, in in that relationship, they would be like engaging them in some sort of conversation, either through channeling or or whatever they think. And that's not the relationship we're going to have. No, you know? no. Um, and people will say, "Well, what about Padre Pio?" And I say, "Okay, are you Padre Pio? You know, like, right. are you there yet? You yeah, know, like, you know, uh, talk to me when you have the stigmata. And yeah, then, right. And then, and then we'll get we'll, right. we'll come back. Yeah, yeah exactly." Exactly. But, but um, I can honestly say that people who have devotions to their guardian angels, it's a it's amazing the difference that they experience, right? Um, with regards to spiritual warfare, it really is incredible. Hmm. You know? I've heard that you, you should ask your guardian angel, like as you're approaching uh, the Eucharist, to to, to uh, you know have them offer everything that you have right. to, to Christ. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Like. Because it's also sometimes hard when you're especially juggling kids and trying to make sure they're all in line and everything else. Right. It's hard to mentally prepare yourself that you're actually receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Right. right. And so to ask your guardian angel to you know pre- help you help prepare and then offer everything that you have to right. to God our Father right. um, on on your behalf. Yeah. In a good way. I, I do that all the time too with um, evangelization. Like before I'm speaking to a group, I'll, I'll invoke their guardian angels. Right. Or with mm-hmm. difficult conversations, I'll invoke their guardian angels, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it, it is it is a you know a very fruitful practice. I've done that. Ask my guardian angel to talk to their guardian, guardian angels. Oh, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah, I know you. I know your buds with yeah, yeah. You're, you're the, the, then you have people who like somebody came up last night and said, well, yeah, like I always like send my guardian angel like onto on on errands. It's like I, I I need to find somebody in a crowd, so I sent my guardian angels like Ooh, like like this is given to you for defense, and you're sending him away. Like yeah. I don't think I don't know if it's That's a good idea. Bold yeah. move. <laughs> <laughs> I've so I've heard people doing this before, and yeah. it's not like angels. You know, it's like oh my guardian angel. I sent my guardian angel to hang out with you know. Right. He's like taking care of. Right. My my dad in right. you know the other side of the country, so he's not here with me. It's right. like, you know, it's not it's a like, secretary, right? They're actually not even here. Right. Exactly. The, they don't have a place, right. you know, right. like, except yeah. heaven. Right. You know, they stand before the throne of God always. Right. Like their principal role is intercessor. Right. You know. Right. And you know, they're they're not recycled. That's another big misconception. Right. right? That's like, what, okay. That like when you die, right, they're going to like hand in your file to God and then mm-hmm. like get another one. It's not like that. Dude, th- this is what's so beautiful about spiritual warfare and guardian angels is they were created for you. So like your weaknesses, like they have strengths to fit your weaknesses and everything, and they will protect you throughout your life and then rejoice with you in eternity. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that your guardian angels are so devoted to you that they will even accompany you through purgatory should you, should you go that. I mean, it's like, I don't know how we know that. Right. But Probably it's, some mystic, it sounds yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, right. Um, I forget the name of the, the lady who had a vision of, at Mass about specifically guardian angels and those who are present who had a an intention or a petition for the mass their guardian angels had like this bowl yeah that they were bringing up yeah. and you know laying at the altar and those who were just kind of showed up who showed up with no intention nothing to pray for their guardian angels were approaching the altar kind of sad with an empty bowl like they had oh, that's awesome. nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus right. for that mass right. so you should always yeah never forget to have intentions yeah. you know it's like there's so many Catholic prayer hacks, right? <laughs> you know, like Adam and I are doing Exodus 90 right now. So every time I get in a in the shower, the cold shower, yeah. I try to remember like, oh, this is my intention for, for this, this shower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we just need to do that. We need to. Oh that's, yeah, that's penance, how we can live a more a more prayerful Beautiful. life. Everything oh, yeah. that we do is now becoming, you know, a prayer. Right. 
who are some of the saints that are not well known, or maybe blesseds who are not well known, who are who seem to have powerful intercessories in in the spiritual warfare? Yeah. So, um, well, Gemma's starting to become known, right? She's becoming more popular, but Gemma Galgani is um, clearly God uses her in a very special way to vanquish evil. Yeah, I think many many people do not know her. Okay, I yeah. only I only she, barely know her. Really, she's a, uh, she was a victim soul, and maybe even like the quintessential victim soul. Um, you know, even even more so in my opinion than Padre Pio. Um, and has uh, this amazing relationship where God uses her to crush the devil and um, uh, underwent many exorcisms um, because of the suffering that she was uh, you know, able to endure. Um, one, of, one of the more controversial ones that um, uh, is Blessed Annalise Michelle. Um, Annalise Michelle okay, is... Yeah, I don't know her at all. Uh, she, she is the um, kind of the poster child for atheists on the internet because she died uh, while being cared for by an exorcist. And the court actually convicted the exorcist in Germany and put oh, him in prison. Emily Rose. Emily Rose, yeah. Oh, Emily okay. Rose. Yeah, yeah. They changed the... You've right. seen the movie, Exorcism right. Emily, Emily Rose. Rose. Right. It's really this lady. Okay, right. yes. Annalise Michelle. And she is a beautiful intercessor and mm-hmm. is very powerful. Um, one of my favorites is Blessed Bartolo Longo. Who's um, here? Who's here, yeah. This is Bartolo right here. And uh, he... Uh, they call him the, the Apostle of the Rosary. And he uh, went through a time of atheism and then got involved in... Satanism and was actually a satanic priest and was so uh, emaciated that one of his professors who was Dominican saw him and said, what happened to you? And taught him the rosary and led him on this journey to freedom. But he he's an incredible intercessor. And he kind of uh, played a role in my life before I even knew who he was. Um, I, I remember one time walking into a, an exorcism and uh, the demoniac looked right at me and said, every time he walks in, bad Bart and his be its beads come in too. And I remember hmm. thinking, what is that? You know? And it wasn't, it was like 12 years later that I learned about Bartolo Longo. Bad Bart is a pretty sweet nickname. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> like, right. Bad Bart and his beads, like, you know? Yeah. Like if you're going to so. pray to pray to bad right. Bart. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So yeah. Uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta is a, is a well-known one. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you can just see the poverty, right? Satan right. hates, you know, poverty. And humility. I mean, she right. was right. Very, very humble. Right. Yeah. So th- those are those are some of them. A, a really uh, very little known one is uh, Blessed Maria of Jesus Crucified, um, who was a holy demoniac as well, and and she tends to show up all the time during exorcisms really? and things like that. Yeah. Hmm. I've heard JP too. Yeah. Shows he, up often, often. Often. Yeah. Very often. What about Saint Philomena? I Has I don't a- have any experience with Saint Philomena, but I know like. Um, if you read some of the old school exorcism like manuals and stuff like that, they they always they, include they seem, her. Yeah, yeah. Saint Therese is, is right. one. Right, Therese. Know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, re- you know, I I literally know exorcists who will the very first thing they say during the exorcism is they demand to know the demon's arch nemesis uh-huh. and they ask for their. If you can get the demon's name, right. it's a little bit easier to figure right. all that. And of right. course, Saint Michael. Yeah, of course. You know, like right. if the person is liable to get up and run around you right. might command saint, saint michael, michael right. hold you know hold them in that chair yeah 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 they do it all the time yeah. and it's funny like that works right it's like we're not just oh yeah we're not just like messing pretending here right like they're that really look it works right yeah when the yeah. priest commands i mean that's that's the beautiful part about the beautiful thing about studying exorcism and hearing about it is it's like 
it is like the perfect microcosm of the church, right? Like the communion of saints plays such a role. All these things play such a role. The priesthood plays such an incredible role. And it, it shines a light on all those things in a way that you can really thoroughly understand why it's present in our church and our theology. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the beauty of the body of Christ. Yeah. And, and everybody, Beautiful. you know, the, the hand can't say the foot to the foot, I don't need you. You know, right. that's what I love about, like, there's so many things about our church that the more, like, the more people are in the body of Christ, the more uh, the beauty comes out. And right. it's like, that's what right. it's meant to be. The bulwark mm-hmm. of holiness, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be televising uh, exorcisms. You know, there's, there's not right. a show. Right. But if the more people know about them, it's, it leaves no room for question, you know, right. You right. know, cause that can be a temptation in everybody's life. You have a moment where it's like, am I just whispering oh, yeah. to myself oh, yeah. in my closet right. or, sure, you know, sure. and then, but when you have it, when you see this and you learn about it, you realize this is absolutely real. Yeah. I feel very blessed in my faith to have seen what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, uh, we're going to continue a little bit of a conversation. We'll take a break for a second, but then, uh, maybe for our patrons, have a, a quick interview. Sounds good. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, and for bringing to be on. all, all I of our friends. I hope I get to do it again. Yeah, yeah it was a blast. So, oh, also uh, pray for Dave's family yes, right please. now, please. Amber, uh, specifically Amber. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So, raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.